Hey everybody, Scott Jones here. This is a unique show, a uh, partnership with Dispatch Radio, Manic Training, and Athlete on Fire. So you're going to be hearing the show on all three of those platforms. As you know, I typically have my podcast, Athlete on Fire, that I've been doing since 2014-ish, so this will be over there. And uh, this local gym community here in Colorado that I've been involved with, we've started a podcast with those guys as well, so you can hear some of the stories of the members, which are pretty inspiring, I have to say, and uh, and this show as well on that platform. So hope you guys enjoy it. Just to set it up, we, uh, we did a, a big workout at... Um, 6 p.m. on a Wednesday night with Chris Mendoza, who is the world's toughest mutter, and I coached that, and then we dove into some uh, some community interview type settings, so it's pretty cool. We've got people in the audience kind of involved, people from the Manic community, uh, Chris, we brought some people up to interview them a little bit more. I got to interview Chris, and then Russ Rizzo from Dispatch Radio got to do the same, so that's what you guys are going to be hearing here, so check it out. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Great guys. So just uh, what we're gonna do? I got we got Chris Mendoza in the back there in the orange. We're gonna let him catch his breath. I caught my breath barely uh, just now. We're super excited. A couple of firsts for Dispatch Radio. We've been going at it three years. We've never been south of Denver, so woohoo! Our first time in Highlands Ranch, and uh, and our first time at Manic Training. And you know, I've I've gotten to know a little bit about the the gym from social media, being able to follow what you guys do, uh, talking with Scott. Um, we were real excited to come out and uh, really meet the community. Uh, so that's where I'd like to start uh, today. Before we bring Chris out, just want to spend a couple of minutes kind of orienting our dispatch radio audience to what's going on down here in Highlands Ranch and also with Scott. Uh, thank you, Scott, for having us out. This is a great uh, excuse to be out here. Scott's been uh, podcasting longer than we have. He does Athlete on Fire. He does uh, Finding Ultra. Um, so first, I just wanted to start off a little bit about you. Like, how did this all, how did you get into all this outdoor media, podcasting, running races, the outdoor stoke? Somebody just asked me a question. Oh, this is very emotional. I've never had a question asked to myself before in my life. Um, uh, my, bad, my background's in exercise science. I've got my master's in that. And the quick story, which I've probably shared with a handful of people out here, is I lost my ass on a, on a business endeavor, like six or seven years ago, years ago, 2013. It was an event series that me and my wife put on, and we put it on across the country with our second kid on the way. And uh, um, we took a big old hit, a little real-life NBA times five. And, uh, you know, driving across country in a Penske or U-Haul, pulling all of our equipment for these events um, behind me, you got, that's right when podcasts started just kind of creeping into the, into the culture, as you will. And uh, I was listening to a lot of them. I was like... I can talk. I talk to people all day long. I have decent connections from race directing and from being coached for all these years in professional sports, um, both endurance and team sport type stuff. So I just wanted to give it a shot. And I had a buddy who had started uh, mountain bike radio. So he kind of, he's kind of my mentor as far as like this, all this stuff can be scary. It's really actually pretty simple, but you know, like entry level stuff. What was the barrier? I didn't give a crap. I just started and that's kind of how I got started with the podcasting piece. Uh, in the audience here, you guys, uh, just by round of applause, folks that have, have heard Scott's stuff, either uh, Becoming Ultra or Athlete on Fire. I know I have. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Super uh, supportive community out here, obviously. Just for, uh, for those unfamiliar, um, you know, Scott, you do a, co- a couple of cool things. I think you're in, like, season seven of Becoming Ultra. Is that right? Yeah. 
Uh, and one thing you do every year, which I always look forward to, is you uh, people apply uh, for a coaching program, people that want to achieve kind of big goals. Uh, you pick a race uh, that people are going to train up for. Uh, and you just recently had that show. Uh, tell us just a little bit about you know, maybe a couple of people that are participating. Yeah, I mean, we it's really for everyday athletes that want to go do big, epic distances. And um, ultra running's kind of grown all over the country. And, you know, I think when you grow up in team sports, or you grow up not doing any sports and, and you become, uh, to, you get to a point where you want something to train for. A lot of these big epic efforts just kind of pop up into the, into the psyche. So, um, we, yeah, we put an application process out. We partner with Charmin Ultra. Um, Ian Charmin's one of the best ultra runners in the world and he's got a coaching platform over there. So we take one or two of his coaches and then I have a couple coaches and, uh, people apply and then we coach them up for six to eight months for a big goal. This year's in, um, in Virginia. So who do, you, who do you got training this year? Uh, we have a woman. Th- this woman's story is pretty crazy. She is 29, and she doesn't know what she – you can listen to this eventually. But she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. She, but she does – I forget the name of the program, but it's like Cirque du Soleil for equestrian sports. Like it's some crazy trick riding thing. And she decided she loves to run as well. So she's going to be training for the 50K and Cloud Splitter. And then we have um, Ellie Greenwood. Thanks for breaking my camera, Pete. Um, we have Ellie. <laughs> We've got Ellie Greenwood, um, who's been Ultra Runner of the Year for multiple years, who's coaching her, and then Liza Howard, who's won all the same accolades. She's won Leadville 100 before. She's coaching uh, Heather Ficky, who's uh, who's got the um, she, she's got the title of being in last place for Western States, which is a pretty prestigious. She was the, the dead last finisher, Yeah, huh? dead last out there. So that, that should be pretty cool. Uh, so you guys all know because you listen to Scott's stuff. But one cool thing for those that aren't familiar uh, that you do is you can actually listen in on coaching sessions. Like you'll do Skype calls with runners and get to hear people as they're setting goals and their accountability sessions. So I think that's a really kind of fun part and unique uh, thing that you're doing. Uh, and another thing, you've got a new contributor, uh, Sh- Shana. Is that her name? Uh, Shanna, yeah. Shanna. Um, and she works, she's a social worker out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Tell us about how that work came out. Yeah. I mean, she works with, with uh, a lot of veterans, um, a lot of drug issues, a lot of people who are suicidal. And um, to say the least, it's a stressful gig. She's a really strong runner. Um, we're around the same age, and she's wanted to dive into a more positive part of counseling and coaching people. So she's taking those skills to time management and goal setting and kind of applying them to how we coach athletes, endurance athletes in general. So we're just going to use those principles. Because, you know, in her experience with PTSD and brain injury, it really crosses over a lot of things we're looking into at Dispatch Radio. A lot of what we do is, you know, we cross different disciplines, OCR, ultra running, rock climbing, skiing. We also produce the Alpinist podcast. So we talk to a lot of rock climbers and we look for those common threads, what drives us, what motivates us. And kind of we look for, you know, what we can learn out of all this stuff that we're doing that we can apply to daily life. Um, And a lot of us, you know, deal with depression or know somebody that deals with depression or has a brain injury or any number of these things where it's scientifically proven now that doing this hard stuff really does uh, affect and have a really positive impact on those sorts of things. So with that, I do want to segue. I want to say thank a big thank you to Upslope Brewing. Uh, with that, I'm going to pop open mine. 
<laughs> Thank you, Upslope. They've been a sponsor, a supporter of ours from the beginning. They're awesome. I encourage you guys to operate everything with Upslope Brewing Beer. <laughs> we know there are quite a few folks training for big things, including Spartan races, and Chris Mendoza is you know, a pro and also hangs out with uh, literally hangs out with Spartan Pro Team members, so you know a great resource. Before I do, I just wanted to uh, quickly just bring up a couple of members of the Manic Training community. You guys have such inspirational stories. Just to give Chris, uh, you know, a little taste of who we're dealing with. Uh, first, Sarah and Charlie Pappas, are you here? I know Charlie's back here. And Sarah, can you, can can I just pop you? Can I just have you guys just come up real quick? So Sarah's not here. Oh, Sarah took off. Okay. So, guys, this is uh, jump behind the mic there, uh, Sarah and Charlie. Uh, Charlie, first of all, tell us about the competition you did recently. So, Train to Hunt is, I guess, in the uh, simplest form, it's a tough mutter uh, Spartan race integrated into archery. So, I'm a big archery hunter, and uh, they found a way for uh, some off-season training and to get guys out and focus on fitness and uh Get them, get them trained up for season, uh, prior to season. And you guys, uh, and you're a couple that works out together. Yes, yeah, me and my wife work out almost uh, every class that I'm here. She's here, or vice versa. It and it keeps you, how does it keeps you accountable to each other? To say the motivated? least, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I absolutely love it. I love being able to come to Manic, and Manic's a great place for us to work out. She can do her thing, I can do my thing, and we can still, you know, achieve, achieve the goals we're trying to. Right on. Well, thanks. Uh, Tracy, are you in the audience? Tracy? Tracy, will you, do you mind just popping up real quick? Just going to embarrass a couple of you guys. Um, Tracy, you, uh, tell us a little bit. So first of all, for our podcast listeners, uh, tell us a little bit of your background. Um, I grew up running. I've been a runner, I guess. <laughs> and um, when I started out here, I started doing some of the, they were doing some Spartans and stuff, so some of that, but I enjoy it. And since then, you've you've been competing. Yeah, I just started last year. It's my first year, so I did a super with them, and I didn't train distance, but I was able to do it. I got first out of nine hundred women in the non-competitive, so I ran the competitive beast, got second in my age group, and so you beat. So you 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 weren't in the competitive heat, but out of nine hundred women that were going after it, you were you were first. And yeah. and you and might I be asking all my burpees. <laughs> Can I ask a rude question? What what is your age age bracket these days? I just turned. I'm actually I'm almost fifty one. Almost fifty one. All right. So Tracy, fifty one. In the old group. <laughs> and, and you're a mom as well. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks, uh, Tracy. Sagar is Sagar here. All right. Not after that workout, I'm not moving that fast. Sagar's got the uh, Belgian wit here. Uh, Sagar, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, let's see. Started here about three years ago, right after I finished a 50K, and was pretty – it was a pretty hard 50K. And coming in here makes – you know, the next one we're going to do this summer with my daughter, we're doing a, a half, and then from there going on to a 50K next year. Um, I think it's going to be a better year and a better training for us. And how old's your daughter? My daughter is she's a little, she's a little turned thirteen this year. All right, so the so, family that trains together. Yeah. Okay, and what's what's the key to getting a thirteen year old girl out? Uh, a, a kind of running and active, but also wanting to do crazy things like ultra running. Um, I think she she's seen me do it, so that helped. But uh, she's really determined on that kind of stuff. Uh, when she was young, we used to joke that for every birthday she had to run a mile for every. Um, 
how old she was. So she may not do the 50K next year, but she's for sure on board for doing the half this year. So this uh, fall we're doing – I forgot which one she signed up for, but we're, she already signed up for one. So when did that start? At what age? Uh, her first run was at – Five. We did a 5K at five. Did a 5K at five. Well, there I've got a five-year-old son, a two-year-old son. That gives me some ideas. Yeah. Uh, last last guinea pig I want to pull up is John still in the house? John, right, I see John right over here. I thought everybody was pre-warned. <laughs> John, will you introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm John Newman. I've been coming to Manic for about two years. I'm a 5 a.m. workout, and I see some of my colleagues here from 5 a.m. So. And I was warming up with you. By by round of applause, how many people are in here at 5 a.m.? A few. Oh, yeah, there's a few of us can't clap right now. Our arms are spit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones are in bed. Yeah. So this place is rocking and rolling at 5? It is. I think it's one of the highest participation classes. We have about 24 people here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you said you're training for kind of a big race coming up. Uh, well, I'm doing the Spartan, the Spartan. Uh, a couple Spartans this year, and then a couple of other little 5Ks and stuff. So quite a few people that work out here go for that Spartan race, particularly that Fort Carson race. Yeah, in fact, uh, I was just whispering to Jess while Tracy was up here. We had kind of a co-experience at the Spartan race in Colorado Springs last year. She kept skipping obstacles and going straight to or missing i'm not sure and going straight to burpees and i would get the obstacle race ahead of her and then i would see her run right by me and she would give me encouragement every time like keep going keep going (laughs) but she finished ahead of me so isn't it something when you just get your pants beat by some strong woman i just love that and it happens so frequently for me Well, so uh, with that, that, that is a nice segue to get our guest of honor out here. Uh, speaking of uh, the Spartan race, Fort, uh, Fort Carson, Chris has some experience. Chris, do you mind? Are you able to? Well, you are. I, I won't be able to walk tomorrow, but I th- something tells me Chris is going to be just fine. Um, so, guys, Chris is somebody that's been a great supporter of our show. He's a recent transplant from California. He lives in Golden, Colorado, just down the road here. Uh, he has claim to fame. He was on CBS, like international television, winning a world championship in the world's toughest mudder. Uh, I mentioned we, we talked to a lot of ultra runners, uh, people that do 100-mile races, and I'm always in awe of, wow, how do you, you know, running 100 miles, it's amazing. Uh, Chris, in his race, when he won, w- ran 100 miles in addition to doing all the obstacle course racing. So that's just uh, mind-boggling to me. If you're interested in his personal story, we did do an in-depth profile in motion. We went out to his uh, training grounds at North Table Mountain, uh, learned all about his story, how he got into OCR, had a pain in his life, as many of us do, uh, you know, found that, hey, the harder I run, the, you know, the, the more I'm working stuff out. I told him that he's been in my ear a lot today because we're putting together a highlight reel of our work with Dispatch Radio, and one of his quotes just really resonates. You know, you can really work out most your life problems on a three-hour run. Uh, so, Chris, Very thank true. you. Thanks for coming <laughs> out. Uh, great to hey, see thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, I should mention Chris is one of these guys that we love to feature. He's got a quote-unquote real job, a day job. Uh, he's a dentist anesthesiologist. I've been practicing saying that. 
It's really tough to say. Um, so, you know, Chris, you, you've been through a, a lot of school. You're, you're new to Colorado. You're a world champion at OCR. You're going back at it again this year. Is that right? Oh, yeah. For the world championship. Yeah. I'm actually not sure if I'm going back to the same race, but I'm definitely going to be doing a couple 24-hour races. Uh, one actually coming up in June in Australia. So Going to Australia. And don't think that he's going to tropical weather here, right? Because it's, no, it's the winter. Winter time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to tell these folks who your main competitor is. Oh, well, um, last year at the race I was running is, uh, is my friend. His name is Trevor Psychos is how you pronounce his last name. So Psycho with an S. He's yeah. got, his main competitor is, is pronounced Psychos. And, um, and how long have you been doing OCR? Uh, November 2014 was the first year, first time I decided to, uh, to jump in, ran the 24-hour race, so. Yeah, why not just jump right into it? So, yeah. And, uh, and we, we all just did a community workout. We're, I'm going to get Scott, I'm going to call Scott back in here, and then I'm going to grab a mic for audience questions. But I just kind of want to do a, a quick setup here. Um, community workout, do we t- tell our podcast listeners what we just went through? I don't even know how to describe it. We were doing like six different stations of like strength mixed with cardio mixed with balance and it was it was a really cool workout um i had a lot of fun it was super challenging Th- this uh what was this cross-country ski machine ski called erg. the ski erg the ski erg man that just sucks. blew me apart yeah yeah that and an assault and, bike in one workout mm-mm. and i don't mm-mm. know if anybody any podcast listeners have ever tried to do an inverted pull-up on trx bands with your feet on a bozo ball but that the that is hard to do yeah <laughs> Did I call? Is that the name of it, by the way? No. What is it called? No, that's not even a Bosu ball. It's not. Yeah. Bosu ball, Pilates ball, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> right on, Scott. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. We're gonna do like an, an old school WWE like tag, and oh. uh, and I'm gonna be lurking in the audience um, for questions. So you guys think of questions you have. You know, we're here to help. You know, this community improve and and tell fun stories. All right, give it up for the bozo ball. Yeah. Well, if we're doing this WWE style, I'm tagging Charlie on my team. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so, like, this facility, this 2,900 square feet is built for obstacle racing. I mean, even if you were never going to do one, like, if you just came in here and did stuff like that, it would translate really well. Just the movements, you know? Of course, yeah, 100%. Um, I kind of want to go into your story a little bit. I've I've listened to the show, of course, because we're friends and stuff, but I know... If we tell them to listen to the podcast and then resume, it'll be midnight. So um, how old are you? 28. All right. Yeah. Anesthesiologist? Yep. Okay. What's that entail? So pretty much I end up traveling to a, a bunch of different dental offices all throughout Colorado. And I bring all my anesthetic equipment with me, set it up um, at an office, and then um, provide the anesthesia for all the cases that day. Actually, a perfect example, um, someone I work with back there, Robin, Dr. Robin, uh, I go to her office, and uh, so she'll have like four or five pediatric cases in one day. Um, I set up all my stuff, and then we just knock them out, literally. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that unique for your position, like the travel piece? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty small field. There aren't very many programs in the nation, and there's not very many people that do it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely more coming to Colorado, just I think because it's, it's a pretty decent place to be. And, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of a small niche so. Okay. Uh, athletically, how'd you, how'd you grow up? What'd you do growing up? So growing up, um, I kind of played volleyball in uh, high school, a little bit of club volleyball in uh, college. Um, 
did a little bit of water skiing, um, but I kind of fell out of it, especially in dental school. It got really stressful. Um, and I think one of the, I, I would say, like, important things or cool things that I like to kind of reiterate to people is, like, I wasn't a runner ever. Um, I mean, I pretty much chose volleyball because there wasn't a lot of running in it. And, like, throughout, throughout dental school, I got a little, I would say, decently out of shape. Um, and then I just kind of found OCR and really just, like, started hammering back into athletics and kind of found this new second win. So, um, for me, I think it's kind of, I've heard people with, like, a similar story where it's like, yeah, I, I wasn't a runner. I've never, you know, done anything like that, no structured coaching with any of that. And, I don't know, here I am today. I feel really lucky. Um, and now I've just kind of just kept it going. So. Yeah. I, I hated running. I, oh, I played 100%. baseball, baseball, basketball, yeah. football. Never ran more than three miles my whole life before I moved to Colorado. Sure. But I think when you get to Colorado, like, um, the adventure that just kind of awaits you in the hills and the mountains out here, the last-ditch effort for anybody who says they hate running is go trail run. You know, go figure it out. And it feels athletic. You get lost in it. Have you, 100%. Have you felt that too? Oh, yeah. Like, I still hate road running. Like, I think the last time I ran on the roads was I wanted to run Boston, so I ran it last year, and I think I'm done with the roads. Like, seriously, I will. Like, since I've been here, uh, I won't do it. Um, just the trails here are too beautiful. Yeah. And it's just like – like uh, he said, you just get lost on the trails. And it's just, it's more for me like an adventure. And for me, it's just about enjoying the whole process of it. And um, yeah, I used to hate running too, but now it's more of kind of just like, it's a stress relief. It's just a way to get outside. It's just kind of just a way just to enjoy nature and everything. So you do a lot, you do a lot of long efforts? Oh yeah. Um, I would say, I don't know, like it depends kind of when I'm training, but um, you know, two hour runs, pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm training Head, Headphones or no headphones? Headphones. Even yeah. on trails? Yeah. Uh, I actually just bought these headphones, though, but you can hear around you, though. Aftershocks? Aftershocks headphones. Yeah. Those are super nice. So in case a mountain lion creeps up on you, you turn around and choke it. <laughs> so. Choke that sucker out. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of dumbbell work, like like this. <laughs> you know, just a choking motion. I got, so I got it, man. That's I, one thing you guys need to incorporate today, but we've got to work on that. I was so jealous of that, dude. I've literally... Now, the one thing he didn't do is he didn't carry it out on the shoulder because in my sick mind, like, I've always beat the crap out of a mountain lion and carried it out on my shoulder. My wife was waiting. I was bad at you know, You know how it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of jealous of that because nobody else is going to do that for the next 100 years probably. Yeah, no. But, no. but that's good. I'm glad you're working on your grip strength. So yeah, for sure. Guys yeah, strength. exactly. Um, okay, uh, family? Do you, are, are you married, girlfriend? Nope. Anything like nope. that? Nope. That's why it was easy to move out here. Just... Yeah, right. just do what I want. I knew, I knew I that. Yeah. Any single? Scott, he is the uh, outdoors' most eligible bachelor. Oh, there we go. I oh, figured. He's got a blind date for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> At least three. Perfect. Let's, let's set it up. <laughs> set it up. <laughs> <laughs> At least three off the top of my head. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so what about si- do you have siblings? Yes, I actually have uh, one sister. She's one sister? younger. Younger. Yep. You guys get along? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're completely different though. We oh, used yeah. to never get along, but uh, yeah, she lives out in California. Um, but yeah, we get along great. No, that's cool. Um, parents still around? Yes, together? yes. Actually, my sister and my parents just happened to kind of like move three hours away from our hometown and now live like two miles away from each other. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. But like where they live is beautiful, San Luis Obispo, if you ever get a chance oh, yeah. out in California. Have you ever done the uh, Tri-Peak Challenger? Uh, in like Montana Del Oro or St. Louis Obispo, SLO, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. Have you done that one? Did you hit all yep. three? Yep. Oh, yeah. There's like a, so in, in, in St. Louis Obispo, one of my good friends out there, uh, 
lives at the base of one of these hills, you go up three of these peaks in town, you gain like, I don't know, don't quote me on this, like 1,500 average per peak, and you hit about 16, 18-ish miles or whatever, tri-tip challenge, this is called. And then you go into town to this restaurant, and you get a tri-tip steak sandwich. Firestone Grill, best tri-tip ever. It is amazing, right? Mm, yeah. So uh, if you're ever out there, that place is freaking amazing. Is anybody from California? I know you're from California. Anybody else from California? All right, good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> she was yeah. saying how boring. Audra is saying, we never do this. We never have a beer after a workout. Or we took her on her first, this is a good story. <laughs> we took her on her first snow run ever, like two weeks ago, um, after oh, Big nice. Snow on the Sunday. Yeah. We did like seven or eight miles of a Deer Creek Canyon, and she'd never run on snow before, and it was this big deal. And the spots that were like two feet deep, you know, she's not that tall. So like she, we were all saying, body. <laughs> we were all saying knee deep. And then we were telling her to say elbow deep. Um, Snowshoes. Yeah. That's one purchase I made right when I came out. Oh here. yeah. You gotta have Perfect. that. And then we, we, you know, like we always have a beer after the, after yeah. the run or whatever. She's like, California sucks. We never did any of this. And then just tonight we got done. She's like, we never did this in California. It's more fun. Did you ever do this in California? No. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we figured out. Yeah. Okay, so from so you figured out. Actually, we didn't get to that part yet. So you, the family piece, all that single, yeah. all that good stuff. Yep. Um, what? When was your first OCR race? Why did you try it out? How did the first one go? So yeah, actually tracking back, I actually now that I think about it, I did a tough mutter in 2012. Just kind of like me and two friends, we pretty much like hiked it, and just like a lot of people do, just wanted to go see what it was like. Uh, I had never ran more than. I think five miles at that point. Um, and so I just remember like doing it with a couple of my friends from dental school, completely wiped, like the hardest thing I've ever done up to that point. Um, and like after that, I had heard about the 24 hour race. Um, and I just thought that that sounded like the like craziest, um, you know, thing I'd ever heard of. And for me, I'm kind of like an all or nothing type person. So I was like, well, let's screw it. Let's just go for 24 hours. Like, let's try it out. Um, and so two years later, when I was kind of available that weekend, I was, it came to Las Vegas and, um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. So I was like, perfect. I can drive there and, uh, let's, let's just do it live. Cause you know, I hadn't done anything more than that 10 miles. Was that the world's toughest there? Yep. World's toughest 2014. Okay. So the one that you just won, just to get some context and we'll dive into some training stuff. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? What does the world's toughest motor entail? Like, what do you guys so, do? For like people in the CrossFit community, I, I kind of like compare it to, it's like an AMRAP, but as many loops as possible, an right. AMLAP. Yeah. So you have a five mile loop, 20 to 25 obstacles per loop, and you do as many of those uh, loops as you can within, uh, within 24 hours. Now, every time you come back around, there's like a pit area with like tents. So if you need to stop, you can stop, you can sleep. Uh, like I would have my crew come with me, um, just like some friends and family who kind of helped me um, as far as nutrition or putting on wetsuits. Cause that's one thing is you get so cold during these races that, I mean, over half of it, you're in a wetsuit. So it's, it's not like fun as fun of running. Yeah. You know. You're running in a wetsuit. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had you ever done like a triathlon before? No, no. I hate, I hate biking. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, so drowned too. 24 hours you got, did you get a hundred miles? Is that the, the number? Uh, my first year I got 50. First year, 50. Okay. I was trashed 50. And I'm like, yeah, I was stoked with that. Yeah. And I like crossed the finish line. And then of course said never again, like there's no way I'm ever coming back to this stupid race. Yeah. Cause I was done. Yeah. That's tough, man. So 20 obstacles, um, paint a picture. What, what are some of the physical needs for those? Yeah. So, I mean, um, those there's kind of, there's walls. So you like scaling walls, kind of like monkey bars or 
um, a little more difficult than monkey bars. There's some like spinning wheels and things that you kind of have to traverse, like usually over water. Um, there's all different ones. Like the last few years, they've had some more mental ones where it's like you climb up to like 37 feet above the water and then you have to jump in, which physically isn't that hard. Um, but a lot of people are too scared to do it. And so instead of that, they might have to do like a penalty, which is like a quarter mile run yeah. instead. So um, it actually can end up, if you fail all the failable obstacles, because there's a few that are mandatory, um, you can end up doing like seven and a half miles instead of five. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can really tack on a lot if, you, uh, if you're not proficient with the obstacles. So it's, yeah. okay. it's pretty cool. It makes it more than just like a, a running race. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after you did that first one in 2012, when was, was, when was the next one? So that was 14 for the World's Toughest Okay, gotcha. And then I did, I've done it every year since. Every year since? Yep. Have you just yep. gotten gradually better? So it was 50 miles, um, 80 miles, and then 100. Um, I got third place that year. That was 2016. And then last year, in 2017, I did team. And then this year I went back solo and then 100 miles again, but uh, much, much tougher conditions this year than 2016 when I got a hundred before. So yeah, I was really proud of that. Yeah. So where was it this year? Atlanta. Okay. Was yeah. it hot? No, no. Is that your hometown? It yeah. was ice yeah. cold. Oh like, really? It, like I got frostbite. Holy crap. Yeah. Toes or fingers or what? Both, but toes are the worst. Yeah. I, uh, it was crazy. It like, they had like frost warnings. Yeah. Cause everyone says hot Atlanta and we were expecting <laughs> it to be warm or at least warmer than like New Jersey. Uh, but it was, it dumped, uh, dip down to like high 20s low 30s so um, when the sun came up it was crazy to see just like frost and like they had to close a bunch of obstacles because there was ice like on wow. a bunch of the bars and it was just like unsafe to kind of that's you know, crazy do them. so yeah it was so it was I, nuts i guess to dive into the mental part before we go into the the training piece yeah. um i've run 100k that's the longest i've ever done and you gotta get i mean you don't go, I mean, even 50, even a marathon, like you, you can't run these distances without hitting the wall a couple of different times, multiple times. I mean, if you've run anything like that. And I, I think the lesson for people who, who are listening is like, you hit that wall, but there's more on the other end of it. Like you just got to, you got to be patient. You got to work through it a little bit, whether it's a nutritional thing or just a little bit of recovery. Um, when you're hitting those walls for a hundred miles with obstacles, like your whole body sees, you know, it's not like running where just your legs are typically going to be your limiter, you know? Um, so when your whole body is fatiguing like that and you have to do monkey bars, you know, 20 hours into an event, what, what's, um, what's going through your head? How do you get through it? And what do you fall back on? You got to, I think, I, I just truly believe you got to have like your why kind of built in before, before you get out there. So you can, you can base off of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that you kind of just like nailed on the head right there. It's like, you gotta, you have to know why, why you're out there. Um, and kind of like what your goals are. And, um, for me going out, um, this year, like me and my, uh, my buddy Trevor, who is also my competition, we were kind of going into it, like saying we, we wanted to both get a hundred miles. We wanted to kind of really push each other. Um, it's a pretty cool, like scene in obstacle course racing. Cause most of the time, like we're, when we're out there, we're competitive, but we're also like friends. Yeah. So, um, you know, we both wanted to go out there and just really push each other and kind of bury each other type thing. And, like you just have to go in with the mindset that you're not going to quit and you're not going to stop. And that's exactly, um, you know, the mindset I had, like, no matter what you just keep moving, yeah. even if you're walking, um, you just can't stop. So like there was never a time where I was spent more than five minutes in the pit area. And that was just to put on a wetsuit and change my wetsuit, yeah. um, twice. And 
Just keep you moving. Just, you just have to keep moving. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy, especially at a race like this, uh, when it gets so cold, just to stop. And then once you stop, you get cold and you're, you're done at yeah. that point. So. No, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, the fact, like, suffering with people that you enjoy being around, there's something interesting about that. Like, I think we're in a really good place uh, in, in our society where we are seeking out things that make us hurt physically. Yeah. Like back in the day, you just go farm for ten hours. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're hurt enough. You yeah. Don't, you don't have to go to manic at the end of the day when, yeah. when you're farming for ten hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like even so here, comfortable. Well, like you guys were working next time. to people that you just met tonight. Yeah. Like you're, you're next to Pete and Charlie, and like by the time that fifty minutes is up, and you know that that person has given a good effort, and you've given a good effort, like the high fives are legit. It's not yeah. fake. It's not false enthusiasm. And I think yeah. when you can get out there, and it, whether it's in the woods, whether it's the train to hunt type thing. Or if it's an endurance event when you know that your buddy's got your best interest, even though you're still competing for the same thing, there's something kind of special about that, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And, like, like what I tell people, it doesn't matter, like, what your ability level is. Like, as long as – and that's, I think, one reason why I was drawn to this event in the first place is because even when I was out there and I was new and didn't know what I was doing, like, everyone out there was, like, just, like, encouraging me, pushing me because – whether, like, my first year when I'm getting lapped by all these people or, like, now where I'm getting to lap these people. Like, there are some people, like, I would finish five laps in the time they would finish one. And, like, it was so awesome to see, like, them out there because they're, like, still my good friends. Yeah. Um, and we're just both encouraging each other. And it doesn't matter that I got 100 and, like, my friend, like, who comes to mind got, like, 25 miles. She was out there the whole time. Yeah. You know. That's and awesome. it's just, like, that mutual, mutual, like, admiration and respect that we have just for being out there pushing our limits for, you know, whatever that is personally, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be the same for me and you, but we're both pushing. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And guys, we love the sound of upslope uh, beers opening. So do never worry at a dispatch radio show. So we're here at Manic Training, like I mentioned in Highlands Ranch, South of Denver, Pete Buth. I'd like to call him up here just for a quick second. Pete, you uh, helped found this gym. You've been the owner for three and a half years. This is a core-focused, endurance-based workout program. First, tell us, uh, how, did the, how did you get into this? Uh, living in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, for about five winters, my second winter there, I'm fortunate enough to have a ball-busting uncle who uh, one day said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, nothing. I got a day off. He's like, cool, you're going to come do this workout I'm doing. And being the nephew and he being the uncle, I thought, great, I'm going to go check out this workout my uncle's doing. And I got there the next day, and I got my butt kicked. I mean, I didn't know up from down, left from right. Um, I walked out of there shaking, wondering what the heck I just did. And about four years later, I ended up opening one of these gyms. That's the, that's the, uh, the very short version. But uh, after seeing what it did for people in that Steamboat Springs community, the community they had, the events they were doing, the accomplishments that people had from – Grand scale endeavors like scaling Mount Everest. Um, one of their athletes did Everest with, uh, without supplemental oxygen. To the moms and dads who were uh, chasing their kids, the local winter athletes down the Steamboat Springs Ski Resort was pretty awesome. So I kind of saw an in there and uh, helped to open this one down here in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And, uh, and so you've got locations now, Fort Collins, uh, Rhode Island. There's a couple of locations in Highlands Ranch. And one of the cool things about these gyms is it seems like you do a, a good job really building community. You've got a bunch of people that get together to do sport and races. You've got to tell us about what you did with one of your uh, – one lady that works out here, Amanda Molday. Where's Amanda? Okay. You can just tell by her smile. Okay. So they're uh, they're almost two years into their manic training. Um, 
men and James had come in here having never done any kind of workout program like this. They're very unsure of what they were getting into. Well, uh, long story short, they made great strides, great efforts, and with all the heart and enthusiasm you can ever want in friends, uh, they just took it on full bore. And watching them both improve, like, you know, their, their lifestyle and their health and their, I mean, maybe I'll even say happiness, but the way, I mean, the way we can all hang out now and we went on this massive adventure last year. And the cool thing is we're taking a couple more people into the fold this year. Uh, I'm going to let her tell you what the adventure was though, because it's a pretty awesome, um, result of doing a program like this. So, yeah, I had never been on a paddleboard in my life, and these guys convinced us to buy one. James hadn't been on a paddleboard either, so we both bought paddleboards and got on a paddleboard for the first time on a river. Like, we hadn't even stood on one on a lake before. Um, did 47 miles down the Colorado River from Cisco, Utah to Moab um, over four days while camping on the river. Had all of our gear strapped on the boards. Um, I guess they were all impressed because I didn't fall in the whole time, but... She was the only one that didn't fall <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> I, I, <Poor> <laughs> I, I, what they don't realize, I think, is that I'm a little more, more cautious than the rest of them, so I sat down during the rapids and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was a ton of fun, um, and we've been on a couple other trips since. We saw some bears. Um, Anna, Kate was trying to get me back for not falling in that first trip, so jumped on my board to knock me off while I had a beer in my hand. So I went under the water and held up my beer, and my beer did not go in the water, but I came back up, and I thought everybody was yelling beer, and they were actually yelling bear, because there was a bear on the side of the river looking at us. So, yeah. <laughs> Tons of fun. Hey, well, by the way, saving the beer, that is well done. That is really impressive. Crazy athletes here at Manic Training. Um, Chris, what do you think about that? that was, that's pretty crazy. That's a pretty epic story right there. Are you, is paddle is like epic paddleboarding maybe moving up on your list? Of that sounds like lists? a lot of fun. I think <laughs> I could get into that. So, the, so this year uh, we're taking a couple more people into the fold. Uh, Steph Vogel is another Manic member sitting here in the audience right now. She's uh, yep. She, she's joining on this year's paddleboarding adventure. Uh, Vicky might be joining in as well uh, to to be determined over there. But uh, we're going to be doing uh, the Dolores River this year, probably about 50 miles, uh, four days, three nights, again on paddle boards. So that's going to be a whole different adventure, a little colder adventure, I think. Right on. All right. So with that, guys, uh, am, I, am I wandering? I'm yeah. wandering. Yeah, yeah, Does anybody so. have a, a question so far for our world champion, Tough Mudder? So this is Charlie Pappas again. I've got a question for you, Chris. And you don't have Trained to, to hunt share. champion. You don't have to share Trained the details with right me. There. Um, but a lot of people in your shoes have something deep and dark in them that pushes them through. Um, I know for myself being an athlete, there's some stuff in my past. Do you have one uh, particular uh, instance in your history that pushes you through? You don't need to share the details. Um, uh, and if so, is that is that the one thing you're relying on, or is there multiple things that are pushing you in your uh, in your 24-hour races? Yeah, so actually one of the big things um, that kind of I dealt with is uh, one of my close friends uh, ended up committing suicide um, in uh, 2014. Um, and for me, that was just like, you know, I had no idea that she was dealing with like this bipolar depression thing. Um, and for me, it was like, that was like a really dark place, dark time for me. Um, and I kind of, I needed an outlet. 
really. Um, I was my third year of like dental school. So like we have, you know, school is stressful enough. Um, you know, my friend just like committing suicide, uh, like a day after seeing her. Um, and I just knew I kind of needed something and that's kind of, it kind of like I found, um, racing during that time. And like I had ran that Tough Mudder before and I knew I had want, wanted to run this 24 hour race, but I just needed an outlet. And that was like the perfect thing, uh, for me. And, what started as a really kind of negative thing to push me to drive me to do this has become something really positive. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, now I'll be on a run and I'll, I'll just think of her and be like, you know what? Like, like she kind of gave me this gift. Um, and I, I kind of frame it like I'd rather live a life that she would be proud of rather than kind of dwelling on the fact that, you know, that happened. Um, and we all go through things and, you know, I've found a lot of people in the endurance community have something they're struggling with. Um, and you know, for me, that was it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of pushed me. It kind of was the gateway and now it's kind of become just a really positive thing for me. So a lot of times when I'm racing, I'll kind of just think of her and just be like, you know what, I'm just lucky to be here and, uh, to get this opportunity to, to, you know, push myself and race. So, yeah. What was her name? Her name was Joan. Joan Lee. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, that's just—it's t- tough. Like everybody who's lived a few years of life. Yeah. Everyone here has something. dealt with something similar. Yeah. I mean, we we take that. I mean, just that approach. Like anytime you're in front of more than two or three people, you got you got to be flexible in in how you approach because you just don't know. Yeah. You know? It's yep. kind of crazy. That was an awesome question. Hey, Chris. My name is Josh Napper. Um, I haven't been at Manic all that long, but uh, just started up. Nice. Um, I think a few months back. But one of my my big question for you is. Is there a point where you felt like you didn't love the grind of training? And what did you do to kind of move through that to be able to, to accomplish what you have so far? Yeah. Um, I think if I'm looking at it macro, like throughout the cycle of a year, like if I, if I don't love doing this, like there is no reason for me to be doing it um, overall because – you know, like they said, and like pretty much everyone here, we have like jobs, like this isn't our profession. So like, I do have friends that like race for like their careers and I don't, and I'm lucky. Um, so in my mind, if I don't like love what I'm doing, um, getting out and training and stuff like that, then like, I don't have to. Um, but on the flip side, like hundred percent, there are always like days, you know, sprinkled in here, um, you know, that I just, I don't want to get out the door. Um, but usually my rule, um, is get out the door, go run for 10 minutes or get to the gym and do something. And usually after that, um, you know, things get better, not all the time, but, uh, usually I just make myself at least make that first little push. Um, but it's, it's more, it's a pretty complicated question because, you know, we all go through highs and lows, especially like after a big race, then you usually have like this time where you can't train super hard and that it's, um, you know, it could be tough to get out of that routine even and to get back into it. Um, but for me, it's just surrounding yourself with positive people who, you know, like to do the same things and who want to, um, you know, push themselves too. So it's like, for me, it's become a lot easier the more people I've surrounded myself with that are kind of on the same, uh, same boat. Because if I'm going through a low patch, my friends like really crushing it, then I kind of get inspired by him you know, or her. So 
And uh, a lot of you know Scott Jones is a, a dad of young ones like I am. I, you just kind of just explain a little bit my day every day, trying to get my five-year-old son, Jack, out of bed. Um, it's Josh, right? Yeah. Josh, will you uh, explain – will you describe your tattoos for our podcast listeners? Sure. Um, I've got a tattoo on each of my forearms. Um, on my left side, I have a, a barbell um, with a banner with the word strength written on it. And on the right side, I have a, uh, a Spartan helmet with a sword. Uh, I'm going through it with a, a banner with the word honor. Are, are you going to leave us in suspense? <laughs> well, I figured you were going to ask the next question. So um, what they mean for me is kind of the two tenets that I try to live my life by and inspire my children to follow as well. Right on. I think... Uh, um, so I have a question for Chris. What would you say to somebody who approaches you and says, you know, you're an elite athlete and I mean, you know, ha- having won one of these races, you, you know, you are. And so if somebody came to you and said, I am deathly afraid of trying one of these obstacle races, Spartan race, tough mutter, warrior dash, whatever it is. Um, if they came to you and asked, what is, what is your advice? Like, how do, how do I wrap my head around this? What's, um, what do I need to do mentally to prepare myself, or what am I looking at? Um, how would you tell them to approach it? I mean, I think the first thing is I would say, like, get a group of friends who wants to, you know, go do it with you, um, which is, like, crucial. Oh, That's Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I mean, I think a lot of times people look at something – unknown and like big and scary and they look at it like big picture um but like kind of going back to like a race i don't look at a race and think i have to run 24 hours i just think i just have to run one lap and then after that i have to run another lap and within that lap i'm like i just have to run in the next obstacle run in the next obstacle so if you know it's someone who's never been to the like to a gym and they want to run one of these races, well, then your first step is probably either going to a gym or running a mile or running down the block. Um, and I think a crucial part is have some people with you that um, you're going to be accountable to. Um, and I think a, a really fun way is to like make a bet with a bunch of your friends, um, you know, run, go like pick a race and um, either bet that you won't finish it or whoever wins, you know, something happens because that's always fun to do, you know, a little competition and just amongst friends. Has anybody tried anything like that? Fun bets or just fun weight? Uh, yeah. And it's Sager's got a, got a good one for us. Uh, that was the 50 K. It was, a. it ended up being a drunk, um, event where we yes uh, where we were planning to do a yes. half we went from a half to let's do a full to hey you know what's only 10k more than a full marathon that's a 50k we should totally do that yes and we signed up and i woke up the next morning and my wife goes uh, so you do realize you just signed up for a race this fall yes nice oh crap <laughs> so that's kind of how we started our like that's how i got into the 50k and that's how kind of that whole procession went i mean i think that you should be like signing up for stuff that scares you like that's kind of the point like unless you're not gonna you know get off the couch and do something about it is does any has anybody signed up for something that currently that they're that scaring them right now oh we got yeah. hands just shot up in the air i got a 
make my way to the ladies in the back here. I am Tanya Tamburini and... Say that again. <laughs> Tanya Tamburini. Hi, I'm I Ross know. Rizzo. Hi, Tanya hi, Tamburini. Yes. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, nice yeah, to meet you. Um, Ashley and I are signed up for the Spartan Super in July at Fort Carson. We've done six sprints together. And so this is our first Super um, in July in Fort Carson. I'm terrified. Um, but I turned 40 a couple months ago, and so this was like my 40 go get them thing. So Wait, what are you terrified about? Um, I'm terrified of running eight miles. I've only run a 10 K before. And, um, Ashley does parkour and can do all the obstacles really well. And I cannot. So I'm scared of failing all the obstacles. So, but what's the worst <laughs> here? Here's what I like. What's the worst thing that happens? It takes us a really long time and I do a lot of burpees. Is that the worst thing in the world? No. You can get through that. That's why I signed up for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Tanya, is that any worse than coming to a manic training 4 a.m. workout? She comes to 4 a.m. manic training workouts. Yes. Um, <laughs> I get up at 325. It takes me 16 minutes to drive here. I do it once a week. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just on Fridays. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and this guy, you gotta, when you introduce yourself, will you explain your t shirt? Oh, I'm Bill Zebold, and I gotta look at it. Deadlift training. Deadlift training. Uh, the reason I joined Manic in July of 2018 was I wanted to be prepared when I went to the mountains. I elk hunt. I just moved here from Illinois. There's no mountains in Illinois. So I was like, well, how am I gonna get an elk? off the mountain if I'm not prepared. I'd say so you're sitting next to the right so, guy. <laughs> so the reason I raised my hand is he talked me into this train to hunt thing. I have no idea what it is, but he's talked me into it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that because I carried an elk off the mountain this year. 25 miles total, 15 hours, about 300 pounds of meat and some horns. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be interviewed uh, by Scott after I competed this year. And when we got done and the mics were shut off, and I'm bringing this up now because the mics are on, Scott told me that, you know, every other year him and his wife alternate doing some epic event. Two years ago, he did the 90K, right? Who would do a 90K? Lash. 100, 100K. 100K. Sorry. 100K. <laughs> yeah. Don't take those. Don't take that 10. Don't take that 10. I didn't mean to shortchange him. And then uh, last year, his wife, his wife did an epic adventure. And, you know, Scott looked at me and said, I, I want to do it, Charlie. I was like, what do you want to do, Scott? He's like, I want to do a train hunt. So Scott himself has signed up this year, and it's recorded now. Yeah. I've got a bow. Charlie helped me find a bow, and I haven't shot it yet. And uh, I've shot a bow like twice in my life, but I'm probably I'm probably gonna play. So Chris Mendoza is shaking his head like he wants in. I want in on that. And let me tell you guys, I have the perfect guy for you guys. A good friend of the show, Travis Macy. He's a legendary adventure racer. He's won some of the top adventure races in the in the world. He's going to be competing in the Eco Challenge, which is coming back with Bear Grills. You guys might have heard about this in September. He is, he's been training as a bow hunter for a couple of years now. We did some recording with him. So I'd love to get all you guys together and talk some bow hunting. But we do need, we have a rule at Dispatch Radio. We can't have an all-guy podcast. So we've got to find some ladies that are, that are shooting bows. <laughs> nice. 
So maybe Scott's going to talk about this in the training portion. He mentioned dong runs. What do you do in all right, and the question... Uh, the How's he trained yeah. for obstacle racing? Train. The obstacle part of racing. Yeah. 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 Um, so I kind of started off doing uh, CrossFit a few years ago. I did that for a while, and that really helped. Um, but I found that for me, I just needed more focus on the grip strength. So I kind of just saw what a bunch of my competitors and friends were doing, and uh, I started uh, rock climbing. So um, I don't really like heights, so I stick to bouldering. Um, but I do a lot of that, and then I'll just do a lot of kind of similar to what you guys do here. Um, you know, I'll maybe get on the, the air assault bike and then do a bunch of, like, hanging from a bar or farmer's carries or a lot of kettlebell work, kettlebell swings, things like that. Um, so just a bunch of interval working uh, workouts, um, usually with some cardio, like, mixed in. So you're really um, simulating kind of what it's like on a race. So you might, like, hop on the treadmill knock out like a quarter mile and then go into, I don't know, 10 pull-ups and then a bunch of like hand grip changes and then maybe some push-ups and then something else and just kind of just keep circuiting stuff like that. So, yeah, but I would say, uh, rock climbing and working like that, that pinch strength is really important. And for everyone, it's different. Like some people who come from like a climbing background wouldn't need to work on that as much. They might need to work on like carries or something else. So. Um, I think a a big part of it is just figuring out what you're weak at and kind of working on those things. So, what's a like for a grip strength work, workout? Do you have a good set in mind that that you really like to like to do? You got first. You got to tell you got to tell our listeners uh, Reyes' tip when we recorded with her at Upslope. Oh, I mean, like the easiest thing that you can do is just like jump on a pull up bar and just hang there as long as you can. Um, and something like that I like to do a lot is like I'll just jump on the pull up bar. I'll do like five to ten pull-ups, and then you do these, if you can work up to it, then you like you let go with one hand and you just swing to one side, and then go at back, back up with two hands and then swing with the other hand. So you're, you're holding on to one hand at a time, and you're really working on just one hand um, grip. And then I'll stay on the bar, um, and then you kind of just do these hand grip changes. So you go from, like, the pull-up position to a chin-up position with both hands. And you just keep going back and forth as many times as you can. And uh, I would say, like, that's, the, like, my best, like, circuit that I, I really – because you're working your back muscles, you're working your grip, and the whole time you're staying on the bar. So you're really uh, getting that burn. So Take on recovery. Do you have any points for people listening, like, what, what, what it means to recover well and what's that meant for you? Yeah, so recovery, uh, sleep – most important thing, like I actually am really diligent on sleep. I'll like cancel plans with people just to go sleep so I can sleep eight to nine hours if I can. Um, make sure you're just eating enough. A lot of people, um, and I've made this mistake in the past, it's like, you know, you want to be lean for a certain race, so you're ramping up your training and you're not eating enough and that's how you get hurt. That's how you get like these overuse injuries, these stress injuries, stress fractures, things like that. Um, and then for me, just like supplemental things, like I'm pretty vigilant. I'll get um, soft tissue work. I'll roll out. I'll get a massage every one to two weeks. Um, and not everyone needs that, but just like with which I'm putting my body through, I feel like it really helps. Um, yeah. From, from a rolling out standpoint, is there, is there a, a basic routine that makes sense for you? Yeah. I'll use, I mean, I kind of just will do roll out my bottom of my feet and then calves and just kind of go up the chain up to my back and then I'll flip over and then just get the other side. Nice. Quads and things. Um, difference between being injured and hurt in your training. Like if you are kind of 
hurting during an event, you're going to push through, of course. Yeah. But how, how do you decide when you need to push when you're training versus if it's worse? I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, just going through the process and knowing what the difference between, like, being sore is and, like, actually being injured. Um, you know, for instance, like, if you hurt right here, like, on, like, in your muscular area, like, it's probably soreness. Um, but if you're hurt, like, if you feel something in, like, a bone, then, like, just take a day off. Like, taking one day off and just seeing how it feels afterwards is not going to kill you. And I think that a lot of people get in this mindset where, like, yeah, you have to push through. You have to, like, endure the pain. And they think that pain is a good thing when, in reality, um, you know, it's not. Like, I was just talking to you two days ago. I don't know what I was, like, I was just doing some, like, high-intensity interval sprints, messed up my ankle, um, tried to run on it yesterday, and I was planning on going out for, like, a 10-mile run. I got about a mile and a half out and was like, it's not today. Like, it just didn't feel right. So just turned around called it and then I did something else you know I did some other cardio work but just really um you know I took yesterday off and today it felt a lot better I was able to, to jog on it yeah. so um consistency is really the key though when it comes to like training long term and you want to look at where do you want to be in a year or two years or three years not like next week right no, that's a good point and I think I'm gonna wrap up with this um something happened earlier in the gym I just came up with the term for it uh you got buthed which means, which means that uh, you came in with some because I know you ran trails before you came in. Yeah. You came in with some dirty shoes. Pete almost had a heart attack because dirt was coming off. Yeah. He's like, I know he's a guest of honor, and he's no, no. I'm glad. I'm glad that he came. <laughs> Those things are nice. <laughs> I apologize. I really apologize. You should have slapped me. He got beautiful. You should have slapped me. Pete, I felt really bad. Pete is. This gym is immaculate. He's probably the most like go behind the desk, you'll lose your freaking mind. But out here, out here, he is very diligent. But it was awesome having you, man. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It. Yeah, it was awesome. Russ, appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much to Manic Training uh, down here in Highlands Ranch, uh, to Scott Jones with Athlete on Fire and Becoming Ultra, Chris Mendoza, World's Toughest Mudder, and. You know, our new Manic Training family, you guys are really impressive folks, and we look forward to coming back and tracking your progress and, heck, maybe getting out to a Spartan race and seeing what one of those is like. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Up slow. Yeah, that was awesome.